Welcome to the Lincoln Baptist Daily Reading Program. Today is day 254 and today we're going to do one of those great moments. We're going to read an entire book of the Bible. We're going to read Zephaniah 1, 2 and 3 and finish it off today. We're also going to be reading Colossians chapter 2 verses 16 through 23 and we'll be finishing that second chapter off in Colossians today as well. But first let's do that joyous thing and look into a whole book of Zephaniah. Zephaniah may be the only Old Testament prophet who had royal blood in his veins, but his kinship with King Josiah didn't prevent his preaching a message of judgment at a time when the king was leading the nation in a religious reformation. Both Jeremiah and Zephaniah saw what the reform was not true revival, for it never got to the hearts of the people. It was only a surface change because the king promoted it and the people went along with whatever was popular. The prophet emphasises the day of the Lord a phrase we have met in Joel and we've met in Amos. It applies historically to the invasion of Babylon, but prophetically it speaks of a future day of the wrath at the end of all time. As we head into Zephaniah 1, preaching a message of judgment at a time of national religious reformation is never going to be easy, but a true prophet not only sees farther, but he also sees deeper. This is what Zephaniah saw, that they will be consumed. God's wrath will consume his creation and the hypocrites in the land that they will be punished. Starting at the royal palace, the prophet walked through the city and invited the people to lament with him because they would be punished, that they would be searched. The people of Jerusalem would try to hide, but the invading soldiers would find them and slay them. And there would be great distress. And note the words in the chapter 1, verses 14, verse 18. Bitter, trouble, devastation, darkness and alarm. People will be treated like garbage. Into Zephaniah 2, because of their sins, the nations around Judah would also feel the wrath of God. The other prophets had warned them that judgment was coming, but the Gentiles did not repent. The prophet used several agricultural images to describe their coming judgment, like chaff, like a tree uprooted, overrun with weeds, like a desert. God would punish their mistreatment of his people, and their pride, and their worship of false God, and God still punishes these sins very much today. And then into Zephaniah 3, the leaders in Jerusalem would not listen to God's servant or heed God's warnings. When God corrected them, they only committed greater sin. The time had come for God to judge them, and it does not pay to test the long-suffering God or tempt him, because God will bring swift punishment. But they would be restored. The prophet looked ahead to the last days when the people would be regathered and restored to their land. They would call on him, serve him, and have nothing to fear. And that is why the end of the story is rejoicing. The people will rejoice and sing because their discipline is ended. The enemy has been defeated and the Lord is king over Israel. Do you know, we've seen this quite a few times in the last few weeks where the Lord brings judgment and that judgment can feel painful. That that judgment can feel like we're further away from God rather than close to God's blessing. But that judgment doesn't have our destruction as the end goal. That judgment has rejoicing at the end goal because God is molding us and shaping us and sanctifying us so that we would be more like him, so that we could be in his presence as presentable and holy and pleasing children of God. And so don't lose heart if you feel like you are going through the rigor at the minute. Don't feel like it's all lost because God is working in your life. You mean something to God and that is why God is working in your life so that you could be presentable to him and enjoy his presence. 
As we head into Colossians 2 in the second half of Colossians, we're looking at the reasons why we shouldn't be captivated by empty philosophies. And we see here two more things in the second chapter, that no one should judge us. Legalism is the robber here, stealing your liberty in Christ and making you live by a religious regulation. And also no one should defraud us. Here the culprit is religious mysticism that replaces spiritual nourishment from Christ with empty but exciting religious experiences. As we go through that judgment of God, we're tempted to go to these empty philosophies thinking they'll bring more joy and happiness, but they don't. And that is why we need to stay resolute in the word of God, knowing his promises, because the ultimate end goal is for our good in Christ Jesus. So hang on in there. Let's pray together. Father, we do indeed pray that you give us the strength and the courage to hang on in, even when it feels like we are being sanctified and things are changing within our hearts and our souls and our minds. Don't lead us into the temptation, we pray. Lead us away from temptation. Lead us away from empty philosophies and into the word of God, which contains all of your promises, which are ultimately for our good. We pray this in your name. Amen.